What's up, boys and girls? It's your boy Tony from the Dan Levitard Show, and you are listening to the Fan Levitard Show. Levitardians to this week's edition of the Fan Levitard Show. Ty here asking you to take a moment and follow, like, and review this podcast if you like what you hear. And if you want to engage with the show, find me on Twitter at Levitard underscore fan or email the show at fanlebitard at gmail.com. Who the hell's our guest today? That's right, Tony Kaladiud from The Shipping Container. The conversation we had was all over the damn place, so I'll just let the interview speak for itself. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to today's episode of The Fan Levitard Show. Got a really exciting guest for you today, Tony Kaladiud from The Shipping Container. Tony, how you doing, man? You good? I'm good. You good? I'm good. Tony, first off, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, even against the wishes of some members of another fan podcast out there. You are <laughs> truly a man of the people, and I know my Come listeners thank you for it. Come on now. You know they don't call me the people's champ for nothing. I spread love. Uh, it's the Brooklyn way. So I do it to everybody that showed love to all of us in the shipping container and on the show and stuff. So you know that everybody's uh, always good in my books and and I'll never decline to go on a fan podcast ever. So if you're listening to this and you've got a spin-off fan podcast, I will always uh make time for the people that basically pay the bills for us, which is you guys and and we really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts and I think I can speak uh, across the board for the show on that on that particular topic. Well, Tony, that's great to hear because I've been looking for a co-host and I just found a willing one right there. So, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, ch- we'll chat next week. Great. I'm glad. I'm 90, 10 my way. 90, 10 my way. <laughs> I hope you're cool getting like $10 a, $10 a month. But if you're cool with that, sure. then fine by me. Um, you look fresh right now for the, for the people because this is an audio medium. Tony is uh, sitting in front of a tropical vista right there. He looks very mm-hmm. relaxed. Tony, have you fully recovered from Freedom, the 24-hour marathon? I thought I did, and I probably made the wrong choice the day of Freedom. So obviously it started noon on Friday and rolled over to noon on Saturday. And... I went home, took a quick nap, probably slept from like three o'clock to about 6.45 p.m. And then I had a buddy of mine that it was his birthday. So, of course, you know, I wasn't going to leave him in the dust. So I ended up going out that night. We I left the house at like 10.30 and didn't get back to like almost four in the morning. So it was like f- just a 48-hour whirlwind of being awake. And I actually felt pretty good. Um, the last couple of nights I have been trying to power up a little bit more going to sleep a little bit earlier so i'm usually a, a late sleeper i'll probably get to sleep around like 12 12 30 and the last couple of nights i've been going to sleep at 10 my wife was who was not obviously waking up and, and doing a 24 hour straight show was also tired so we've just been hitting the uh, the sack a little bit earlier because that's the way for me to like really super power down is like getting decent sleep and i felt like i've gotten that so i, I feel like i'm pretty recovered Um, I don't think that it's taken a toll on me like it has some of the other people. So wait, when do you actually wake up to go to the office? So we, I'll probably wait, I'll go to sleep around like midnight to 1230, depending on what I'm watching, if it's something that I'm into. Um, And I'll probably wake up around 615, 630. So I need six hours of sleep and I'm, I am ready to go. Like I am a big time morning person. 
So funny enough, like on the Bachelor cruise that obviously I went on before shit hit the fan with COVID and all that. And um, I had like 15 of my of my closest friends with me and we would get trash and, and, and drink till five o'clock in the morning. And for some reason or another, like I was up at 830. I, I'm just that guy. No matter what happens, I am up. I was r- roaming the ship. I had like a beer. I went to like the private island. I came back. I gave everybody the scouting report. Hey, this bar looks good. That bar looks good. There's a swim up bar in the pool. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just a morning person. So it's like it's easy for me to just get up and go. Tony, I'm tired just listening to you tell that story. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I feel like I need a nap personally right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How do you, that's that's ridiculous, man. Like I take a nap for half an hour too long and my sleep schedule is fucked for a week. You <laughs> truly are the people's champion. <laughs> I just make it happen, baby. Just the energizer bunny. I, I like to, you know, I try to get my my sleep in and really hit that uh what is it REM cycle of sleep very fast so that's the one thing about me like as we do a sleep podcast um the <laughs> the first five minutes that I close my eyes like I am asleep and my wife will be talking to me or something and I'm just knocked out cold within two minutes so I, I do get to sleep very quickly and I try to sleep hard sleep hard I think we should put that on a t-shirt sleep hard yeah I agree sleep hard that's going on a t-shirt. Listen, if the shirt that I'm wearing, which says butt stuff on it, has made it onto a t-shirt, I think sleep <laughs> I hard. I didn't even realize that's what it was. Wow, I think uh, sleep hard has has room on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> um. So, okay. I wasn't sure if I was going to ask this question or not or pose this, but okay. you talking about sleeping hard, I, I feel like I just have to shoot my shot here. So we are in, uh, we are in your so-called soft launch still, correct? Uh-huh. Correct. I'm just curious, like, what has the vibe been around the studios as Stugatz is desperately waiting for you to enter your hard phase, <laughs> your hard launch? Uh, the tension is palpable in the room. <laughs> um, we, uh, Funny enough, obviously, we went live today on YouTube. And if you haven't checked out the show, we had a bunch of killer stuff. We all went into the ocean. I was chasing Chris Cody and obviously proved that I could catch up to him, thus being that I'm the fastest person in the shipping container. I mean, we all knew that, but just so, you know, so my 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 rep is solidified there. But Stu and I were actually the first people in the studio. So it was funny, just the optics of of me walking in, him being there and just the the, ta- the palpable tension of the room. It was uh, it was definitely something that you could cut with a knife. So oh. it's I've, I've definitely had my guard up since we don't have an HR department at the moment. I so wish I could just splice Amin in right now to this Zoom so he could just whisper, tension, shout out to Cinephobe. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. But no, I I, I feel like I haven't actually had an interview where I've talked to someone from the show on the day that a show happened. So let me just take this opportunity to say... The show today whipped ass, dude. It was so good. (laughs) I got so little done at my job. Once I heard that the ocean was in play, like you all killed probably a solid two hours of my productivity today. So thank you for that. Thank you for for paying attention and, and watching us on your boss's dime. I really appreciate that because there was a long time where I would watch and listen to the guys on my bosses, whatever boss that was his dime. And now I get to create for the person who I was listening to. And, and it's kind of a surreal moment. So I do appreciate that. And, and yeah, today's show was was kick ass. If yeah, again, if another shameless plug, if you haven't watched it, um, I think the beach ocean montage should be on YouTube right now. Levitard and friends, check that out. But um, yeah, we have a blast. 
and it's it's really cool to go into work with the the gang of people that that we work with and it's a blessing come true it's 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 incredible well just know for a fact that this podcast subscribes to the motto of boss makes a dollar i make a dime that's why i poop on company time <laughs> i can second that except i i do not i do not shit uh in public places neither does mike Ryan, revelation or not yeah i do I, I follow mike on that i uh <laughs> i make sure to to secure home base before i have to do a number two so you're like bob from bob's burgers then i don't know if you watched that show or not but i've i've seen a couple episodes of it i haven't gone to the part where he doesn't shit in public i don't know if that how early that is in, in the show you, you gotta get yeah, pretty I, invested at that point he's exactly, a shy pooper yeah. yeah i don't even know if it's a shy pooper i just like the comforts of home right like why why go take a shit where i don't feel comfortable versus I can just hold it for 20 more minutes and then go home. All right. So maybe you're like a Rick Sanchez then maybe that, maybe that reference. Exactly. Exactly. Except his, his setup is way better than mine. Obviously being in a, an entire planet for him just to take a shit. Nonsense. If, if if your, if your bathroom looks anything like the zoom background, I think you've got him, you've got him pegged. It's not, it's (laughs) not, but, but I'll tell you. Okay. So, so we'll, this podcast has gone completely off the rails within the first 20 minutes. Okay. So we've talked about sleep hard and I'm going to tell you the best place that I've ever taken a shit. Okay. Okay. Deal. You'll is tell it, me it, the, the best place you're, you've taken a shit. Can I tell can I do the opposite? Can I tell you the worst place I've ever taken a shit? Yeah. Yo, sure. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Me first. All right. So yes, the worst, the- so I can, so I can, so I can shit on how bad your shit was versus the shit that I had. So uh, go ahead. This podcast lives for shit stories. So I'm so glad we ended (laughs) up here by complete accident. Uh, The worst shit, the worst place I've ever taken a shit was uh, on the way to track practice wearing some incredibly short shorts and uh, like Under Armour spandex pants. Uh, For anyone out there to paint the visual, if you've ever filled a water balloon... Um, I thought I, I thought I had to just like let one rip. So I like cocked my (laughs) leg up and let out what I thought was going to be a fart, but just filled up just these these, these spandex shorts, just like a water balloon. So I'm like, Oh God, I'm walking with someone right now. And (laughs) I'm like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta run to the bathroom real quick. I'll catch up with you. So the quickest way to the bathroom and the shortest route is right through my high school's cafeteria. So I go in there, and lo and behold, who is in there? The entire volleyball team having some sort oh, of team God. meeting. So I am, uh, are you familiar with uh, like Splinter Cell, Sam Fisher, all of those games, stuff like that? Yeah. So yeah. if you can imagine someone like sliding across the wall trying to stay like as flat and quiet and <laughs> hidden as possible. That was me, except with a, a pair of Under Armour full of shit. Uh, oh made it through God. to the bathroom, went to the toilet, took took them off, like flipped them over the toilet, dumped them all out, threw them in the trash can, and I went home for the day. And that is the worst place oh I've my. ever taken a shit. That's exactly why I always be, uh, I'm always very careful of, <laughs> of the situation down there. So, on a, on a better game. note, on a lighter note, yes, absolutely. <laughs> the most on dangerous. a better and lighter note, best place I've ever taken a shit. Um, my honeymoon, we stayed in, in over, I wouldn't say over the water, but it was like a private villa on the side of a mountain, uh, overlooking a, a beautiful like seascape, um, in the Thailand uh, Phuket Islands. So. It was basically everything was outdoors except the room that had a couple sliding glass doors that would keep critters and things out. 
Um, but the bathroom was on the side and essentially we're out there by ourselves. There's nobody else for probably another maybe hundred yards that there's another little hut somewhere else. Mm. And the toilet is basically almost facing this huge, like what I have behind me, like a beautiful seascape. There's a mountain with like an island, like an island with a mountain in the back, like very relaxing. And I just sat there and I was like, wow, this is absolutely impressive. Like this is the best place. And I, and I took the best shit of my life and it was the greatest. I had like a beer and I was just like going to the bathroom and kicked back and it was just absolutely relaxing. So that's probably the best place I've ever taken a shit. My butthole is so envious of the shit that you took <laughs> in that story. <laughs> so envious. Shit talk. This podcast is so goddamn stupid. I love it. <laughs> All right, back on back on on the on the rails here. Um much like this show, uh your show, the Dan Levitard show, paints itself as this very laid back show. But in reality, it's got it's walking this fine line between being uh kind of off the cuff but also incredibly produced. Right. And I am curious then for a show that tries to walk that line Tell us what freedom was like, the planning process of it. How long was that in the works? Like how much actual work went into that? Because it seemed like a, it seemed like the biggest thing since I've been following the show that the show has ever tried to do. Absolutely. So it, it was probably, I want to say two months planned out, just really, you know, going back and forth. I almost liken it to kicking over an anthill where all the ants are just scattered running around, like who just did what, like what just what's ha- what happened here? People were just running all over the place. That was day of where it was just really hectic um, in, in the studio. And just to give you a little like mental layout of the studio, we've got the shipping container, we've got where Dan and Stu sit. Um, there's a tiny hallway that opens up to what the HQ studio used to be, where Dan and Poppy used to do the show. Um, there's another little hallway and it opens up to a bigger conference style room that has a bunch of cubicles and couches. And that's where all the corporate people were sitting. That's where um, I myself for the majority of the time doing a lot of like video editing and doing a bunch of stuff in the back. So we have just three different areas that were just filled with people with production hands, with the, the TV production people that were there with corporate people. So this thing was planned. And, and aside from probably the Moss Miami's, this is, this is the biggest undertaking, I believe, at least in one particular day for the show. Um, it was incredible. And we had from top to bottom, just just an amazing team that really helped us out to put things uh, in order for us. As you can tell, we're not the most uh, orderly show when it comes <laughs> to just uh, putting things in ABC order. We're a, a lot of uh, craziness, if you will. It's it's a. Uh, trying to think of what the the perfect phrase would be it'd be disastrously genius i, I don't controlled, know I, controlled I don't chaos maybe controlled it'd be controlled chaos yeah that's that's a perfect phrase and we all have what we're good at and luckily the the corporate structure carl and the people up top were able to to really you know wrangle in the creatives and and put something down on paper that could really work so to, to make a long story short, it was a very long and arduous process. The, the work was a ton, and I'm just glad that it turned out as well as it did. And obviously, the numbers that came out on social media were, were all true. You know, almost, almost 4 million people tuned in via either YouTube, social, all these different platforms to, to check out the show and check out what we were doing and stuff. So it was a huge, huge, huge success. 
And have you personally ever been part of anything on on that scale or that scope? Like, I have to imagine that was probably pretty unique for almost everyone involved, even for the folks who have all worked at ESPN have been part of this massive platform. Like, something like that, just, it still is just, you know, the magnitude of it, I think, is kind of mind-blowing. No, it, it absolutely is. And that's the funny thing is when you think of the show and you think of how disorganized it is, if we were to tell you, you know, a year ago, hey, we're going to do something that's going to be 20, 24 hours long. It's going to be incredibly produced and produced extremely well. All the fans of the show will be like, yeah, no, that's definitely not this show. That's, that, <laughs> that should be another show, not this one. But I think as far as work goes, um, time versus effort, I think that obviously free dumb is first. I would say that creating the stat of the day long version that was my baby that was you know my production um that was probably second in line for the most work that i had done in a certain day period or a couple of you know weeks and months leading towards that that time but the day before it launched and i want to say it was january it was it was the monday that they ended up leaving the last day of the show which was January 4th, um, that January 3rd, which was Sunday, I was, I didn't go to sleep till probably like four in the morning, waiting on stuff, putting stuff together, mixing down, sending it to Mike, Mike sending it, sending it back to me, Dan texting me. Like it was just a whirlwind of like, are we going to have this ready in about five hours? Went to sleep for two hours, came back, started finishing stuff up. So that would be definitely the, the closest undertaking that we that we've done production wise to make something happen and it was more just because we were waiting on a lot of important people to send us stuff um but freedom i'm i'm really proud of what we did just because of all of the different you know celebrities and all the different uh bits that we had planned stuff we didn't have planned it, it all really worked seamlessly to to like perfection so i was i was really happy and i think all the corporate people were happy dan was happy Stu was happy Mike was happy. Like as long as as long as all those people are happy, we're good. So I want to talk about something that I don't think has been talked about enough coming from Freedom, and that's the pepper. Can we talk about the pepper for just one second? <laughs> sure. When Skip is lobbying incredibly hard, Kate, I don't want you to eat the pepper. After watching Tom Haverstrow go through the agony that he did. Was there ever a single moment that you considered volunteering and stepping up as tribute? So as, as you can see in that video, or if you saw the video, I was kind of in the back left corner, like barely on screen. And I remember there was a couple of times where Mike kind of looked at me and was like, Hey, like, are you going to like, do you want to do this? And I was like, look, I'll take a bite. I'm not going to eat the whole pepper. I'll take a bite. And, uh, there was a couple, there was about a minute where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself to possibly eat the hottest pepper on the planet. And you know, luckily that that didn't happen. But um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a tense it was a tense couple of minutes for me myself. A lot of the and Dan was talking about this on the show. A lot of the the brilliance in the show comes from the fact that if you're just listening and tuning in, it's kind of like an is this real? Is this a bit type deal? Okay, so just just be straight up. The tension in the room that I as a viewer was sensing. From the hour and a half long, it felt like deliberation about whether or not Kate should eat the pepper when Skip was intervening and everyone was debating what should happen. That was very real, right? Like that tension was not manufactured, <laughs> right? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it it might have been an elaborate plot. It may have not been. Um, I was there for a little bit and then got called out to do a couple different things. So I was I was in and out. Um, I I couldn't tell you if the if the tension was real or if it was a bit. That's something that I guess you'll you guys listening will have to really uh, ruminate on and think about and I don't know and, and and maybe think about it. I have no idea. Tony, I'm so disappointed. You don't want to play behind the bit with me. Come on now, give me something. <laughs> That's I'm telling you honestly. I was I was in and out, and I was preparing for other stuff, the chicken wing eating contest. Like there was just a bunch of stuff that I was. Trust me, I would have loved to have been on camera more, on mic more. It was just I was getting pulled in so many different directions, especially because now in my new role, like back as part of the shipping containers, is taking so much of that spearheading along with Jason Gallagher, with Parakeet Cortez, with Juju, um, really spearheading the digital video side of what we're going to be doing now, that I was just so swamped with like actual video work while these guys and, and everybody was, you know, was was figuring out the whole pepper situation. I didn't even realize anything had happened that Kate even ate the pepper till almost like 45 minutes later. So I, I honestly, I, I'm being truthful. Like I have no idea. I don't know if it was fabricated. I don't know if it was truthful. Um, that's, that's something that you guys are going to have to put some conspiracy theories or something behind, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm being, it's God's honest truth. I'll leave that to the Reddit to suss out. That seems like a job for them. Um, and something in your answer there actually kind of goes to a question I was going to ask you, which is now that you're back part of the shipping container, you're here with Meadowlark. What are you actually doing now? Like Mm -hmm. I, my, my guess is your, your business cards, if you have them, don't just say like member of the shipping container on them, right? Like you have to (laughs) be doing some other stuff. Correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm a multimedia producer, so I'll be handling podcasts and also handling, uh, digital videos uh, our youtube channel that is kicking ass right now again shameless plug levitard and friends on youtube um we've been doing putting out a lot of great content so i'm editing um chopping up video there along with the team jason gallagher uh ryan cortez like everybody's really been doing their part but the majority of what um what it is that i'll be doing kind of on a on a weekly basis is giving you visual content along with original visual content that's going to be coming out um, in the next you know weeks and months to come, and and I think that's going to be stuff that you guys are going to eat up. It's going to be really really cool. Some of the projects that we're going to start working on and have planned to work on um, is going to be really exciting. So I'm I'm really stoked about that. Also, I'm going to be continuing to uh, lend my voice to the mystery crate with more seasons of Let's Eat, my podcast where I review and talk to chefs in Miami. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of other cool stuff that's going to be different a different sound sonically than what mystery crates in the past have been a, co- a little bit more storytelling, um, if you will. So I- I'm really excited for that. So podcast edit, you know, producing, um, video editing, producing, uh, still, you know, starring on mystery crate and stuff like that. And in and out of the show, as you see me once in a while. So wait, are you going to be producing like NPR style lo- <laughs> forms of long form audio, like interviewing chefs say- and stuff like that? I wouldn't say NPR style. I would say definitely Levitard show style, but a little bit, I wouldn't say serious because that's not the tone I'm going for, but a little bit more um, journalistic, eh, as I say it with kind of like a head nod, journalistic sounding uh, style than just kind of what, um, what the last couple 
uh, months have been on on mystery crate so i think what's cool is that everybody in the shipment shipping container which obviously the mystery crate is is for us to really spread our wings uh stylistically and artistically is everybody's got a different voice and a different idea for for their sound so i'm excited to see you know the continuation of what billy was doing and i thought his subscribe rate review series was really good obviously when he was doing the challenge stuff like it was it was awesome chris and roy doing dad pod i hope that comes back i'm interested to see what witty and jess bring to the table with mystery crate like we're just really feeling out what the what the future holds i just know that for my particular voice and for what we're what i'm trying to do with mystery crate i know it's going to be a little bit different so I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to check that out. So I had referenced uh, the show today being really, really good. And for the listeners, we are recording this on Thursday, June the 10th. This was the day that Chris Cody got sent to walk into the ocean twice. And at the end of the episode, it culminated with Dan joining him in the ocean. And they were basically frolicking in the, in the, <laughs> in the Atlantic Ocean. And then yes. the episode ends. So... All right, Tony, you're there. You're operating the camera. You're watching all this unfold. The episode mm-hmm. ends. The recording stops. Take us through exactly what happens next. What are those conversations like between <laughs> Dan and Chris? And what, like, what does a post-show session look like in a situation like that? So as I was being egged on to also join them in the water, which I eventually did waist deep and got I, you know, Chris and I were definitely not planning on going actually into the ocean, but you know, that's life. So you always got to be on your toes. And when Dan and Chris went in, um, Chris Whittingham and, and everybody that was on the, on the show, Stu, Jess, Roy, they were like, all right, you have to go in now. So as I start going in, I'm about waist deep in water. I'm holding my phone, which is what I was filming off of essentially holding my phone, trying to get close to Dan and to Chris. When they say cut to break, I I leave the Zoom room. We all walk out completely soaked. People just watching us like, what are these guys doing? Who are these people? Like, what's going on here? All of our stuff is like thrown in the sand. My shoe is one place like Chris Cody's shorts or somewhere else. Um, So we just gathered all of our stuff, walked out to the um, to back to the Clevelander. It was just it's a it's a surreal moment when all of us are just walking back super sandy super wet we don't have towels like we don't have anything it was just like well we think this bit of content fucking killed so hopefully it did and we got back to the studio and everybody's just rolling on the floor laughing um so it was it's all for the bit um it's it's cool to to have a a fearless leader in dan that uh that really cares about delivering the payoff to the audience um and and you know it, it was it was a really cool moment to be a part of and it's it's just it's just insane you know like just as a as a kid who used to grow up listening to the show to now be involved in you know major major points of the show it, it's just it's insane like I, I can't even believe it you know so what became of the message in the bottle we still have it I have a picture of it uh, I'll see if I can tweet it out the message in the bottle is uh is still at the studio. Uh, obviously littering laws in Florida are very intense and the police would not have liked, even if we told them that it was for the bit of the show, I don't think they would have cared. They would have arrested whoever threw the bottle in the ocean. So the bottle of Dom Perignon is still in the studio with the message in it and we might just keep it forever. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of leaving it in the bottom of the uh, Clevelander pool. I kind of like that idea. It was good. The problem is it's buoyant. 
with the air inside, so it would just float to the top because it doesn't have any liquid inside. That's very and we, true. We, and we basically pushed the cork all the way back in, so I don't think that thing's coming out. So you're going to have to break the bottle to uh, to get the message out. And obviously the message is DUP and pools. So. Have you ever considered auctioning that thing off? Raise some money the, for ALS, perhaps? Yeah, the bottle itself with the note inside. I, I feel, I feel I like... Can, there are some of us absolute idiots out there who would pay more money than is reasonable for that bottle if it went to a good that's, cause. That's a that's a great idea, and I will absolutely bring it up on Monday and see if that's something that we'd like to do, 100%. Boom! 100%. And I'll give you the credit. Look at this show making content. <laughs> okay, because, all right, here's the thing. I This show, you know, we've been going for about six months now. We have yet to actually be acknowledged by the show at all. There are Is there are true? there are two fan podcasts out there. Like I know they were first. I'm sorry, the the other fan podcast they were first. They're bigger. They're on a <laughs> podcast network. They're actually making money off of this. But listen, I'm out here hustling too. You know, yeah, I, would, I would love I would love Respect. a bit of recognition, just a little bit, Absolutely. an acknowledgement of some sort. Out here Absolutely. hustling, man. Well, just did an incredibly deep and emotional interview with Izzy Gutierrez, big friend of the show. Like, come on. Now. Nice. No, I I, like- if if we if we end up auctioning off the bottle of Dompey with the message inside, with all the money, you know, obviously going to ALS or whatever charity of choices is made by the by the crew. Um, I'll I'll absolutely be in the forefront saying, hey, this was a fan Lebatard joint. They were the ones that let me know gave me the idea to uh, put this up for auction. So yeah, if that happens, I will make sure that you get your due. Awesome. And also, on that same note, because you all are free now and you're allowed to Mm -hmm. drink whenever you want, I also (laughs) had the idea today. uh, I live five minutes from the largest winery in terms of distribution in the state of Virginia. I would like to send the the crew a bottle of wine. If I did, would it get... Drunk, drank. I don't know. It which would. One. It would probably. Yes, it would probably get drank. Um, I don't know what the laws are in shipping alcohol to Florida. It is legal. I know. I checked. Th- it is. It is okay. Perfect. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, you can send it to the Clevelander front desk, and we will make sure that it gets into the right hands and gets drank or drunk on air. Do you have I'll a? Uh, if, if, do you have a wine preference? Are you a red guy, white guy? Are you even a wine I'm person? I'm definitely a red guy. I'm definitely a red guy. Um, like uh, I like anything from from a nice Pinot Noir to a nice Cab, depending on what I'm eating, depending on what I'm feeling, depending on what I'm smoking. A nice cigar, you know, maybe get something a little bit bolder to match the flavor. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a wine guy. What about at like nine thirty in the morning? Nine thirty in the morning. I mean, obviously that that's that's very early, but <laughs> it's it's never stopped me. Like in Napa, when I went with my with my wife. We started drinking at that time too, and it was a nice red blend. So yeah, that's the, we're all game for it. All right, that gives me something to work with. You guys are in for a real <laughs> treat. Let me tell you. Shout out to the Williamsburg Winery; they are phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Tony, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to join Likewise, our, dude, our this this very dumb podcast that I do here. Uh, I don't know. I, I I almost feel bad for for taking thirty minutes of your time to talk about Dude, sleep no. and shit and sleep and hard. This. Best place I've shit. Um, behind the scenes of freedom. I think I just gave you your description right there. I think so. That might be the episode title right there. <laughs> sleep hard. Sleep hard, baby. Sleep uh, hard. Shit, nice. <laughs>
<laughs> if this show ever gets a merch store, that's the first thing that's going up right there. Atta boy. Sleep Atta hard, boy. shit nice. I love that. Tony, if uh, if the people want to follow you, if for some reason they're listening to this podcast and they're like, and they hey. don't know who I am. Yeah, who the hell is Tony I mean, here? I, I, I want to follow this guy. Where, where can the people find you? Uh, Instagram and Twitter at AC underscore underscore 305. Unfortunately, I'm I'm... I'm thinking of possibly changing the handle the only reason is the double underscore is a little bit unbecoming of me Mm. and the problem is the ac1 underscore 305 guy was taken by some clown and the ac305 no underscore is taken by some guy in russia so i'm i'm at a bit of a loss so i may have to switch around some of the stuff so possibly in the next couple of weeks i may switch the handle not 100 percent sure but if you want to get in before i switch the handle it's at ac underscore underscore 305 and that's instagram and twitter Awesome. Well, Tony, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure and you're welcome back anytime. And, and, you know, as my new co-host, I'll, uh, I'll send you out a zoom link next week and we'll do it again. How about that? Okay, perfect. Let me know who's on and I'll see if, uh, if we can make something happen with them. I mean, listen, you, all of a sudden my co-host has tons of connects, so I'm very excited (laughs) to talk to Dan next week. This is going to be great. (laughs) Perfect. Book it. We'll, we'll do it for, uh, next, uh, next Friday night. All right. Sounds great, man. Thanks. (laughs) 